Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Laura Bitoyu, and we're going to explore how to easily create Instagram Reels. If you're looking for a better system to make it very effortless for you to craft Reels, we're going to get into a cool process that I think you're going to find interesting. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. If you're new to this show, follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Laura Bitoyu. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Laura Bitoyu. If you don't know who Laura is, she is an Instagram real strategist and founder of B Squared Social, a consultancy that helps entrepreneurs streamline and simplify their Instagram real strategy. Her membership program is called The Reels Report. Laura, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited you're here today. Laura and I are going to explore how to easily create Instagram Reels. Now, before we get on that fascinating exploration, I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How did you get into Instagram? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, awesome. So I'm going to start in 2017, so we don't have to do my whole life story. But I had just dropped out of law school. I had realized that it was just not the right fit for me. And I had gone back to working in the restaurant industry. I'd worked there all throughout university, so I was very comfortable there. Went back to the restaurant industry, and I was managing a restaurant. Uh, it was like a casual fine dining restaurant, but they had no Instagram presence, which I thought was like such you know, a downfall because they had the most beautiful food, and it was a really cool concept. So I asked, you know, can I just take over the Instagram? And they were kind of like, yeah, go ahead. So I would come in on my days off. I would set up the photo shoots, schedule the content, write the captions, basically do everything, not realizing that that was like the role of a social media manager. Like I'd never even heard of that as a title or as a role before. And so I was just kind of doing it for fun on the side. And we would have clients and customers come in and say like, oh, who's managing your social? We would have even the suppliers would say, oh my goodness, like your Instagram's so great. Who's running it? And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's just me, like just having fun, whatever, right? I kept getting these questions and I thought, oh, like maybe this is something I could do eventually. And then cut to 2018, we had a death in my family and I was like totally incapacitated. I like could not go to work. And I thought, why don't I try and do something with the social media marketing that I've been doing and see if I can get clients and that way I don't have to leave the house anymore. So I'd reached out to a couple of people that had expressed interest in working with me before, put the word out there. And very quickly, people were like, yeah, like, we'll, we'll hire you. We'll take you on board. So I started working as a freelancer doing social media management, did that like nonstop until 2020. And then, of course, we all know COVID happens in 2020. And it was impossible for me to get to in-person events with my clients to work with them one-on-one -on -one to help them create content. And so I was working behind the scenes with clients and virtually to help them create reels. So 
I had one client who was very excited about the rollout of Reels, wanted to like jump right in. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. So I said to her, like, you know, temper your expectations. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'll create a few Reels for you. Half expecting them to flop and thinking that I would have an excuse to never have to make another Reel again. But the Reels did really well. And I was like, okay, maybe this is something I can do. So I ended up focusing really heavily on Reels from 2020 until now. And yeah, so it's kind of an interesting journey because I didn't see that coming, but it's been really fun and really rewarding along the way too. Very interesting. So after you left the restaurant, did you start taking on restaurant clients or what kind of businesses were you working for in the early days? So I kept the restaurant client as like an actual client separately from managing the restaurant as well. After that, I had a meal prep company uh, that was kind of similar. And then from there, I actually ended up specializing in healthcare. So I worked with a few clinics dermatologists, plastic surgeons, acne specialists. So basically went straight into healthcare after I kind of transitioned out of that niche. So as you were building your business, especially during COVID, like tell us a little bit about what you did and kind of bring us up to the present with that story. Yeah. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I would be sending my clients and I had about 10 or 11 during 2020 that like that were my full-time clients. And I was sending them lists of reels that they could create each week, like on their own, because I obviously wasn't going to be there to help them. So I was writing out like, step one, do this, step two, do that. And like doing this for each client. And then I was sourcing an audio for them to use. And then I would tell them like what to write and how to use this audio. Um, so I was doing this for client by client. And then a friend of mine who you actually interviewed recently, Manu Moraro from your social team, she said to me, that could be a membership. Like you're already doing this work. Why don't you do it for everyone? So I was like, yeah, that's, that's an interesting idea. Why don't I try it? And it was like super popular. It took off right away. So I've been focusing really heavily on the Reels membership, the Reels report since then. Very cool. All right. So bringing you up to today then. So right, predominantly is your business mostly people that are actually part of this membership? Or do you also have clients also today? Yeah, I have a few uh, management clients that I've kept on just because they're really fun to work with. And I like to be able to have multiple accounts to experiment on. So I do have one-on-one -on -one clients still, but mostly most of my business is the Reels membership at this point. Excellent. Okay. So there are plenty of marketers out there who, like you, have been taking beautiful pictures on Instagram forever. And for whatever reason, they don't really feel like they have what it takes to do Reels because maybe it's scary because they got to talk or they got to do whatever behind the camera. So for those that are not actively doing Reels or for those who have maybe tried it and it didn't work, you know, why don't they pay attention to it again? Yeah, I think we all know at this point that video content is the way of the, the future, regardless of the platform. Like we're seeing it on Pinterest, LinkedIn, obviously TikTok, like every platform video content is the way of the future. I don't want to like say you're not, you're going to be left behind if you don't do it. But I think there is still an incentive to be one of the early adopters of video content and hopping onto that. Um, you know, for Instagram in particular, we know that Instagram is on track to hit I think it's 2.5 billion users this year, which is just a crazy amount of people. And when used properly, Reels are really great for reaching your ideal audience, generating engagement, making sales. Like I find them to be a really quick and easy way to get your ROI for, for content on Instagram. So I'm a big fan of them. And obviously, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people on this show. And a lot of what a lot of them tell me is Reels is amazing because it's going to get you to a new audience potentially, right? So Absolutely. if you're looking to, which is really fascinating, if you think about a restaurant, right? And like, there's probably restaurants listening thinking, well, why should I do reels when I'm not going to reach a local audience necessarily? I'm going to reach a global audience, right? So what's your reaction to that? Yeah, so we don't know exactly if location plays into how the reels algorithm distributes content. We know that in, that TikTok looks at location, 
But I would still say you can still use it. You can use it for location tags. You can use it for people who are planning vacations. And with hashtags, you can also make sure you're targeting the right people. Obviously, like we cannot control who sees our content, but by using the right keywords and hashtags and the right approach, we can try and make sure we're reaching that desired audience. Very cool. Okay. So you have, as you told in your story, you used to do this for people and then you decided let's systematize this process. And what we're going to talk about today really is kind of an easy way for anyone to create Instagram reels. So where do we begin? How do we start with your system? Yeah. So I have a three-part framework I call the VAT method and we're starting with video. So for myself, for clients, anyone I work with, I always recommend building out a B-roll library. And this B-roll library is basically your content bank of your custom-made stock videos that you can reuse and repurpose for creating reels and content on Instagram. So let's talk about that. I mean, like define what it is for people that don't even know what a B-roll library is and let's let's dig into it. Yeah. So B-roll is like that supplementary footage, the almost like the transition scenes you would see if you're watching a movie, if you're watching like any movie and it's set in New York, they'll do like a, a flashover of maybe Brooklyn Bridge or they will do a close up of people's feet walking, like just setting the scene. Basically, the B-roll library, the idea behind this is that you're basically creating your own content bank of this custom made stock footage that you can use for your business. So if you go look at my content or you go look at my account, you'll see videos of me working on my computer and I will have like text on top or I will have an audio that matches the text. Like there will be some sort of other component to it. So video B-roll library is kind of the first part of this three-part framework to make your life easier for creating content. Okay. So I, first of all, love B-roll because we've done a lot of video. And one of the other advantages to B-rolls is you can cover up mistakes too, right? Oh yeah. So like if there's something in the picture that shouldn't be in there when you're filming or whatever, you can throw B-roll in there and it can hide that, right? Even though the audio was perfect, maybe someone walked behind you or something crazy like that. Does B-roll inside of Reels kind of make a difference in Reels? I mean, like just so people can rationally talk because so many people are like, I just want to keep it simple. I just want to talk and be done. Like, does it actually help with engagement and retention? Yeah, I mean, the reasons I like B-roll is they're great for helping you save time. You can hop on a trend really quickly, help you stay consistent through uh, being able to batch work. In terms of like engagement and reach, I wouldn't like directly attribute that to B-roll, but I do know that like, when you're more consistent and you nail your messaging, those are things that can help with engagement and reach. And so B-roll can definitely be a part of that. Okay. So let's talk about the kinds of B-roll that we should be filming because some people are like, I don't even know what to begin. You know, you've, you've hinted at a couple of things, but yeah, go into some detail on kind of the different kinds of things we would put in our B-roll library. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to say that this is really great if you aren't very comfortable talking to the camera yet, you're not going to be doing those direct to camera reels where it's just you talking to the camera. B-roll reels kind of feel like that like beginner step or kind of that intermediate step before you do that, if that feels really complicated. I do have a free guide with over 30 suggestions. We'll have that linked probably somewhere below. But I do want to say like there's so many options. I love to do like a day-to-day kind of reel. Um, You can record your daily tasks, like making coffee, getting ready for the day, uh, reviewing documents, record yourself like actually working or doing the process. You could do like an over the shoulder shot of that. Any part of your daily process you can record. And these can all be done from different angles and distances to create interest and be used throughout multiple reels. And then there's also, you know, if you're doing, if you're more comfortable with like a personal brand or a service-based aspect of it, I like to record a bunch of different expressions. So I'll have myself like shrugging, looking side to side, nodding, shaking my head, almost any expression works. And then it just becomes part of like a formula to create a final product of a reel using that as the first starting point. Okay. For people that are maybe just one person marketing teams, 
Is this normally something that you would have someone film for you or would you be filming yourself with a tripod? Like how structurally would people go about collecting these? And I would imagine every scene, every set you'd be filming and you're going to want to film different B-roll for that set, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think that's a smart way to do it. If you're doing like you can do it on your own, I'd recommend a tripod with a Bluetooth remote. If you're like an Apple person, you can use your Apple Watch to start your your phone when it's over there. So there, there's two options for that. Or you can work with a friend. I love to like get together with like two or three girls and we'll go and like take turns recording each other in the same set. So like I'll hop on, I'll have it recorded from two different angles. And the next girl hops on, she'll record from two different angles. So there is a way to do it with friends and you can definitely do it on your own as well. I think it depends on the setting. If you're just doing it at home or in your office, you can absolutely do it on your own. I do think that if you're doing it out in public, it feels a lot better to have a friend doing it with you. So you don't feel like this really like main character person taking up the sidewalk, walking up and down, filming yourself. But you can do it on your own or you can do it with a friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you just you mentioned like walking. I've seen people film feet, just the feet walking. Like what kind of stuff like creatively could we capture, you know? Absolutely. Like you said, the feet walking is like a very great one. Like it's very usable. You can reuse it so many times and no one's going to notice. You pair that with like an an on-screen hook or a story. Even you could do like a voiceover with that. So, you know, obviously the very obvious one of like your feet moving, you can do it from different angles. So you can have yourself walking across the screen and you can have the camera like behind you. And it's like you like observing something. There's really so many options with movement. Like you can do it in any setting, so many different angles. And that gives you like something interesting that you can add to your video. I love the idea of a little remote control, which is so cool, right? Because then you could put it on a tripod anywhere and then you could put yourself into it. But I would imagine you don't always have to be in it, right? I mean, it could just be depending on the kind of content you're creating. If you're in a restaurant, I would imagine you could just have the front of the restaurant, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many options you can do. With or it. people walking out of the door or in the door, that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. No, that's a great way to do it too. I've seen all sorts of B-roll done. Like you don't even have to be in it. You can even do, I've seen like reels that get like 10 million views and it's just like a waterfall in the background. I shouldn't say just because it's like a beautiful waterfall, but like yeah. it'll be something so simple in the background, but the way they've composed the whole video by pairing it with like a really beautiful song and then like maybe a voiceover or something like a message that goes with it, that makes the reel stand out. When we're filming reels, I mean, I'm sorry, the B-roll, any tips on how long the duration of it should be and any other stuff like that? Yeah. So when I'm recording B-roll, I like to have each clip at least 10 seconds long, ideally 10 to kind of 20 seconds. This gives you enough space to cut if you need to, but also gives you options to use different portions of that B-roll if you want to. Love it. I always tell people to pay attention to the composition. So you're thinking about like how things are arranged in the frame and thinking about how that's compatible with the Instagram interface. So making sure, you know, if you do have some part of the the B-roll or part of the clip that you want to have seen, make sure that it's not going to be cut off by the frames that we would have on the Instagram user interface. So that's one thing I always like to think about the composition. Real quick on that. Yeah. On composition. So help people, like not everybody like is a video person or whatever. So uh, should they're like, subject be in the middle of it or in the top third or what's your thoughts because I don't and there's certain areas where they could get cropped off with stuff at the bottom right yeah the top third I like to leave for my hook or my on-screen text I think that's like the first place people's eyes go so I personally like to keep that area blank and as a good rule of thumb like you do want to leave that top third for that text Um, and then also thinking about the safety zones of the Instagram interface and making sure that's not cut off so yeah I would say kind of in the middle is good And then the bottom third is where we have like the username, the caption, 
Um, and then on the right side, we have where the like icon is, the comment, the send. So those are other things you want to be aware of. But like you said, it's like a good rule of thumb is just kind of being in the middle or having that subject framed in the middle and then thinking about the top third and that bottom third as well. Do you recommend filming in 4K? I do. Yeah, I always recommend filming in 4K, um, 30 frames per second. And, you know, you can say that directly to your camera rule or you can, you know, transfer to Google Drive, Dropbox. I think you and I talked about iCloud. But having an album of B-roll and then you having it organized, it makes such a difference when you're creating your content instead of having to scroll for hours to your camera roll to find a video, you can just go to your B-roll album. And from that B-roll album, it can be like walking, expressions, whatever kind of clip you need, you'll have it organized in there for you. Do you recommend creating like a file name structure folders? I mean, are people generally editing these things on a computer or on their phone? Like any kind of thoughts on that? So my strong preference is to edit on my phone. I just find it easier and you're not risking the compression of the file size every single time you move it from one device to another. So that's my strong preference just to do it directly on your phone. I find that it's easier. And you also want to use like the native interface of Instagram wherever you can. So I just think that's easier. So I will go ahead and name my album. I'll have one that's called B-roll. And from there, sometimes I will have one that's like a location specific. So if I'm like traveling, I'll have one that's like New York clips or Cancun clips or whatever. And I'll have it like by location. But more often than not, I will have it by the type of clip. So I'll have one that is well, like I'll have an album that's called expressions. I'll have an album that's called walking album that's called scenery like i'll have different clips organized there so i can just go and pull through them really quickly so let's say you're a pro at this we know you are but let's say you're in a new place let's say you're at an event or you're at a physical location you're not going to be there very long you go in there with like a i'm going to grab five different b-roll shots or is that generally how you go at it or how do you think about that i just kind of go with the flow and see what i can get i don't want to put a lot of pressure on myself because then it takes the fun out of it so i will go with the expectation that i'll do my best and I will just try and get as many as I can, knowing that like, you know, if I'm in a really busy place, there might be people walking around me and I have to be aware of that. I don't want to be in anyone's way or be that obnoxious person that people like don't want to see. So being aware of that. But yeah, I will try and get like as many clips as I can or I'll like hand my phone to my husband and be like, OK, record me walking. Just things like that, trying to take advantage of where you are. Perfect. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Okay, so we've talked about the first part of your strategy, which is developing this B-roll library, right? Yeah. What comes next after we've got all this amazing B-roll? Yeah, so the next thing I do is I look for an audio that's going to go with it. I think the quickest option is to pick a trending sound, and then it becomes a matter of matching you know, one of those existing B-roll clips with the context of the sound. So thinking about what the mood is behind that trend, maybe it's like something funny has happened, a relatable moment, 
a relatable pain point, like anything like that. And then finding a clip that's going to match that. Or maybe if the sound is more inspirational, I'm sharing an inspirational text with that. And then I'm going to pick a video that matches that mood. So it becomes a matter of like fitting the puzzle together almost. I'm a big fan of training sounds because we know the Reels algorithm looks at audio popularity. And then I also think it's like a fun way to get engagement because people, they almost anticipate what the trend is going to be, but it's fun to see your twist on it. But if you're not going to use a trending sound, which you absolutely don't have to. Can I ask a quick question on the trending sound? Yeah. Instagram has, what, two or three different kind of accounts, right? They have the they have a professional and a, their creator and a business. I think, does the business account, which some people might have, get access to the same sounds that the creator account gets to? Or do you recommend switching to the creator account? I mean, what's your thoughts on that in, in order to access the trending sounds? Yeah, you know, it depends. So if you are a business account and you set your account type to entrepreneur, we found that that like unlocks the full sound library. With that being said, a lot of the trending sounds that are like original audio, so someone that someone's voice that they've uploaded or like a funny little one liner that someone's uploaded a lot of those times, a lot of the time those are like anyone can use those because they're not locked to only creator accounts. But you can switch to a creator account if you wanted to unlock that full sound library as well. But I think working, like just setting it up as a business and switching to entrepreneur as a category, that works just as well. And you can always switch back, right? Once you, yeah. you okay, cool. So, okay, so we've, you were about to go on to some more stuff related to audio, so keep going. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you don't want to use a training sound, that's totally fine. I think a lot of people are looking for like evergreen content ideas and that's where you kind of pair this with narration and doing like a voiceover. So I did this with an introduction reel. I ended up making like a minute long reel of me introducing myself. And it was just a series of B-roll clips. But I ended up narrating my journey basically on top of that. And that felt like a really approachable way to introduce myself instead of me just talking to a camera for a minute and having to worry about messing up my lines and how I was going to edit it. Like this felt very easy and approachable. So I'm a big fan of like reusing it. You can use it for more evergreen type of content or you can definitely use it for trends as well. Back to the music for a second. When it comes to the sound library or whatever they call it on Instagram, do you recommend having a vocal sound? And this is where, again, obviously I'm a rookie. I don't really do reels. I have someone that does it for us. But like if you're talking, right, like and you grab a music track that's got talking in it, that's going to be a problem, right? So how do we think about music and like use it? You know what I mean? So how I would navigate that is I always turn the volume down. So you do have the option to change the background audio volume, and then leave your own voiceover at 100% volume. Um, So I usually turn it down to like 6%, 8%, depending on the song. If it is like a vocal, sometimes it can be like a little confusing to hear someone singing in the background while you're talking. So I will usually swap it out for a sound that doesn't have singing, or I'll swap it for like a portion of the song, like a clip of the song where there isn't singing, and it's just the instrumental in the background. So you can like adjust that volume as well, if that's going to be an issue. Is it really easy to find the kind of music that you're looking for? Or do you have any tips on, I mean, if you're not looking for trending sound, is there any cool little tips on how to find some good music to match whatever the objective of the, the reel is? Yeah, yeah. So I think trending sound gets confusing because almost like literally any sound that you can imagine can be trending. So it's not always like those like lip syncing, like very obvious like celebrity voiceovers that are trending. It's also like regular music that's trending there is that distinction as well. You can use like any song that is trending or not trending. If you want to find like a song that is trending, but isn't necessarily like a lip syncing audio, I find that the trend Instagram has like a trend list and they'll have like the top 50 trending sounds on Instagram. 
So you can always refer to that, grab a song from there. Otherwise, like there is their royalty-free library. I recommend going onto desktop to navigate that. It's just a lot easier. But through there, you can, you know, sort by genre, you can sort by mood, you can sort by tempo. Like there's so many different options. So you can use the sound library. And this is especially important if you're running ads with your reels. You can't use someone else's music in your ad, of course. So you want to make sure that you are using a royalty-free option. And that's where that sound library on, on Facebook becomes really helpful. Do you find that you, you should always use music? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Yes and no. It depends on the reel and what my goal is. Like for trending audios, like if I'm doing like a funny, relatable type of reel, then I'm definitely going to use like a trending sound for that. If it is just a voiceover, I do feel that it sounds a little bit empty without something in the background almost like I think we our brains like need that extra level of stimulation so I will add it in the background and just turn the volume down okay cool yeah because like you know people that maybe are just using the app and don't think to add any music and they're just talking to the camera you're saying hey if that's what you're doing if you're just providing tips adding a little music can bring a little life to it is really what you're saying right absolutely yeah exactly have you found that certain kinds of music for you and for your customers performs better than other kinds of music? So it's interesting because I have like a few one-on-one clients still. I get to see like how their audiences respond to certain types of content versus how my audience responds. So I think you want to use music and sounds that your audience is going to be familiar with. Like one client, if I use like something that's a trend from TikTok, their audience like doesn't get it because they do skew like to the kind of like the 40 and above age range. So like a TikTok trend never does well on that account for us. But if I do a TikTok trend on my account, because my audience is like predominantly 25 to 34, like those always do well for me. So it really depends on your audience, I would say. I mean, there is, you know, the odd example of someone who will use or do a trend that's like completely different than what their audience is aligned with. And then they go viral, but it's like attracting all the wrong people. So there is still a risk of that happening. But I always like to think about, you know, who my audience is, how they respond or relate to that type of content before I'm using it. Okay. So, so far we've talked about building a B-roll library. And we talked about the audio side of things, right? Which trending sounds and narration and all that fun stuff. When it comes to narration, do you recommend normally recording that separate from the actual video itself? So if you're like, say you're not the subject of the video, but maybe you're filming something, right? Or you're filming yourself walking on the beach or something and self with a selfie stick or something. And you go back and do you typically add the audio right after you've recorded it? Or do you wait to get back in your case and use your like studio microphone? And what's your thoughts on all that? That's a really good question. I think it sounds better. Like you said, if you go and do it after you've recorded it and you're adding it in like post-production, a lot of the times the like the microphone on your phone isn't great. And if you're using one of the Bluetooth mics, that improves the quality. But especially if you're doing like a longer narration, I think it makes more sense to go in and add it afterwards. There is a voiceover uh, recording effect on Instagram Reels. So you can upload your video, go into the edit tab. And from there, you can record your voiceover. So I find that really easy to use. And sometimes I'll even write like a little script for myself just so I can stay on topic especially if you've already recorded the video and you want to make sure your audio is going to be aligned with certain parts. I find that's a lot easier than trying to record it, you know, on the fly. It goes longer than 60 seconds now. Can you go up to three minutes or is that TikTok? I think I might be confusing the two. How long can you record on for reels? Yeah, I still only have 60 seconds on my account and that's what I've seen on my clients. I know they're teasing doing longer. I don't know if it's been officially ruled out yet, but yeah, 60 seconds is kind of the, it was the benchmark. It was the standard. When you're using music, is it 60 seconds long or is it, is it shorter and it loops or how does that work exactly? Yeah, so you can trim the audio to have it like match the length of your video. So it's interesting in Instagram, you actually pick the video first 
And that's why this framework is sent out like that, because you go video first. So you pick that video and from there you can add that audio and you can tweak it from there. You can also like select which part of the audio you want to have playing with your video. So yeah, it just stops at the end. So the video does not loop. So, I mean, the audio does not loop. So do you find most of those audio clips are 60 seconds long or are they shorter than that? So it depends on the song as well, because like most pop music is around like, I think it's two and a half minutes, three minutes a song. You do find like songs that go that full range. But a lot of the trending audios, like the lip syncing, like the celebrity kind of voices, those ones, I usually see them being like under 10 seconds. So there is quite a bit of a range there. Got it. Okay, cool. All right. So we've got the B-roll. We've got the audio stuff figured out. What's the next step? So the next and the last step is this on-screen text. So I usually think of this as like the hook. And that's the first sentence on screen. And this is what's going to grab your viewer's attention and give them a reason to actually watch your video the whole way through. We know that completion rate and watch time are really important on Instagram. So your hook is one of those things that's going to help you boost your completion rate and get people to watch your video the whole way through. They're great for, you know, providing context about your reel. At the same time, they need to speak directly to your audience and be really relevant to what they're looking for on Instagram, what they're going to get from watching your content. So talk to us a little bit about any tips that you might have as far as creating a good hook. Yeah. So I kind of talked about this earlier about the placement of your hook. But making sure that it's like in the frame and making sure it's not going to be cut off by the safety zones of Instagram. That's one thing I see a lot. You want to make sure it's really easy to read. So making sure there's enough contrast between the text color and the background. One thing I'll see often is like people want to use their brand colors, but the contrast isn't sharp enough between you know their brand color and the background of the video. So making sure that there is that context and it's easy to read like right away. And then making sure that it's not too long either. There are a few trends where like you'll come across a reel where someone's written like, a whole like brick of of text and it's like this whole thing to read and that's part of the trend usually but that's almost like more work because you have to make sure that you're an excellent copywriter at the same time so no pressure you have to like be excellent at everything but then yeah making sure that your hook is clear easy to read and understand i use a tool called hemingway and i will just like type in my hook there i'll type in different hooks and the great thing about this is it checks the readability level of your hook so making sure that it's like easy to understand, easy to digest, like there's not a ton of extra words that are going to confuse people. So I will always like go and optimize my hooks and see like what I can cut out, what I can change to make sure that they are really readable and easy to easy to comprehend right away. The hook is something that is on screen at the top, typically in the top third, right? And it's text. And can you give us an example of maybe one you've done recently or just make one up on the fly? just so people can kind of wrap their head around that. One that I often will do or like a concept I'll often do is like five hook ideas to save time. And that's the hook. Like my hook will literally be like, here are five hooks you can try. So it's like a headline, really, right? Yeah, like a headline. Yeah, I recently had a reel that did really well. My hook was I asked AI to audit my Instagram account and this is what it said. Like that's interesting to people like, oh, AI, like what, what did it say? So I find that like making it personal makes it more interesting than being like five cool tips. Like that could be anything, right? Like anyone could write that. Once you personalize it and say like, I use these, you know, these tricks to do this thing, like that becomes interesting to people. So you said it's not up there the entire time, right? So like if the reel is 30 seconds, can you dictate how long it should remain on screen? And what's your recommendations as far as how that works? Yeah. So that'll again, depend on how long your hook is and how like complex it is to read. If it's like a little more wordy or a little more complicated, I'll leave it up for longer. So maybe I'll leave it up for five to seven seconds, which like doesn't sound like a lot when you're actually watching like a 30 second video, that's quite a long time. So I will leave it up just long enough to give people the context. 
And then for some reels, I will leave the hook up the entire time. And then like halfway through, I'll say, read the caption for the rest. So for that AI reel that I just spoke about, I had that hook up the entire time. And then like halfway through, it said, read the caption for more. So there are a couple ways to do it, depending as well. This kind of talks again about that composition of your reel. And like, if it makes sense to leave that hook up the entire time, then you absolutely can as well. But you want to make sure that it's there at least like catching people in the first two seconds, I would say. This tip about reading the caption for more, does that mean you're omitting things from the video that are in the caption or what does that mean exactly? Yeah, sometimes I will do that. I know it's like people are like, they either love it or they hate that. I think it depends on how much copy you have in the caption. If the caption is like really, really long, there's no way I can jam all of that onto a video. It, it wouldn't it would be a disservice to me and to the audience. So I will maybe give like a few tips and then say, you know, tip five to seven are in the caption as well. Okay. So back to this hook concept, right? Let's just assume we're speaking in this particular case. Should the spoken words that we say at the very beginning of the video match the hook that's on the screen? Not always. And the interesting thing about Instagram is a lot of people aren't actually listening or watching with their sound turned on. I think it's like 70% have sound turned off. I haven't checked like what the stat is this year, but normally it's around like 70 to 80% is sound turned off. So if you are doing a voiceover reel, like you can have the, I would recommend turning captions on for your reels, just for all your reels. Actually, you should have your captions turned on so that it almost like incentivizes people to want to turn on the volume. But if you're doing like a voiceover, you don't necessarily have to have your words align with the hook. Like the hook could say my life story in 30 seconds. And the first few sentences or the first few words are you saying, I started my business. And like, so those don't match up, but they're the same concept, basically. Like you're still providing people with context for what the rest of that video is going to be about. Okay. So we've talked about the B-roll and we've talked about the audio and we've talked about the hook. Any tips on like how to sew it all together? You know what I mean? Because if we've got the audio, we've got the music figured out, we've got the B-roll figured out, we've got the hook figured out. Like, is there something, I'm sure some people are wondering, how do I even work the B-roll into the video? You know? Yeah. I find it's easy if you start with like, if maybe there's a specific song or a sound you want to use. And it, it, like I said, it becomes like a puzzle. So, you know, you pick one aspect that you want to start with, and then it becomes like almost like an equation where you have to like solve for this to make this work. So I would say like pick one and then like work backwards. So I recently did a reel about, it was like a, a commentary on, there's a podcast that went viral, people talking about people starting a business on Instagram. And I wanted to have a response to that. So I, I had like a couple sentences that I wanted to use as my reel. I thought, okay, I have this text that I want to use. Now I need to find a video and a song that's going to match. So I found a B-roll video that I was like, okay, perfect. I can use this text with this video. Then it was like, okay, now I need a song to match. But when you solve the equation, you start with one and you kind of work your way backwards. It becomes a lot easier. A lot of people find it easier to start with the audio. So if, if you're scrolling on Instagram, you see a trending sound that you want to use, take a step back and think like, what is the sentiment of this audio? So is it like, funny? Is it like inspirational? Is it educational? Like what's the context behind it? And then thinking, okay, what video can I pair with this? And then often I will go into like my insights and I'll look at what my most saved content is, my most commented on content or my most shared, because that gives me an idea of a topic that people are, are already interested in. And I think about how I can repurpose maybe the copy from that or the message behind that into a reel. How often are you publishing? Are you every day, multiple times a day? When I first started reels, I was doing like three to four a week, very consistently. I kind of have stuck to that. I think it's like a good cadence to get into. Obviously, if you post more, it takes more time, but you're more likely to see more results. It's going to improve your reach. So there is that trade-off of like spending more time creating your content versus any other task in your business. So there is a bit of a trade-off there for sure. 
do you typically batch like all these things? You understand where I'm, where I'm going with this? Like, do you figure out a way to just bang them all out like a month's worth in a day or something like that? Or how do you normally do that? Yeah. So it depends. Like sometimes I can, if I know, like if I have a certain launch coming up or I have like a certain campaign I want to highlight, I can batch a month worth of content because I know that that content is going to be evergreen. But if I am more focused on like brand awareness or growth, then I'm doing more like timely trends. So things that you kind of have to be on the fly with. So I'll make them maybe a week in advance. I use my own membership for this. Like I get a list of audios each week and I'll record content for all of those. So I'll record those videos right away or I'll pull a B-roll video and pair it with that audio. And then I'll go in and add the copy afterwards. So you can kind of like create a month worth of content if you are doing the more evergreen style or you can kind of do it on the fly by pairing, you know, your existing B-roll. And it's not really on the fly because it's just like it's content you've already made that you can just kind of pair together. So I find that is way more effect like efficient with your time than trying to record something new every single day. I'm sure some people are wondering this. How easy is it to edit inside of Instagram with all this B-roll? Because it sounds like your phone isn't really very big compared to like your computer, right? And it's like, it sounds like it could be really not as easy, especially if you're like fat fingered or whatever. Like any any thoughts on like, is it easy or is it complicated? Do you use third party tools for this? Yeah, if I'm doing like a really complicated reel with like a lot of transitions or a lot of edits or like lots of different B-roll clips, like my introduction reel, I think that one was like 50 clips or something. I actually made that in InShot. I love InShot. It's super easy to use. So anytime I have a more complex reel, I will use InShot to edit the video. That's a mobile mobile app, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'll import that to Instagram and then add my audio and text from there. But the Instagram editing interface has gotten so much better. Like it's night and day compared to when we started. So I think a lot of the editing can be done directly in Instagram now, which helps you save time. In terms of like your phone and storage, you can do like I talked about Google Drive or Dropbox. And then, you know, going there and pulling like a video at a time that you're going to use and saving that to your camera roll, importing that to Instagram. That's one way to kind of not overload your phone. But I do think it's it's pretty easy to edit directly in Instagram nowadays. They've really improved. Does Instagram natively allow you to schedule and, you know, does it stick it all up in the cloud? Do you understand what I'm asking? So if you're, if you're, if, let's say you're on vacation, but you don't want everybody to know you're on vacation and you got all these great stuff and you're kind of store them and schedule them for when you get back. I mean, can it do that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. So once you have created a reel and you're saving it as a draft and there, there's like a setting called or an option called advanced settings, you would tap on that. There is the option to schedule your reel. So I'm a big fan of doing that. Once I, you know, batch them, I will record or, you know, save them as drafts and then go ahead and reschedule them for, you know, sometime in the future. Excellent. Okay. Well, Laura, I appreciate you answering my 10,000 questions because <laughs> I had a lot. If people want to discover more about you and all the great stuff you've got going on, where do you want to send them? Yeah, I'm over on Instagram at bsquared.social. And then I also am, I have a, a little landing page website where all our listeners or viewers. It's bsquared.social slash SNN. Laura Bitoyu, thank you so much for coming on the show and answering all of my questions. We're better because of it. Yay. Thank you so much. It was great to chat with you. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 587. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. 
The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.